Is that a machete in your pocket, sir, or are you just happy to see me? I'm just saying, why wouldn't you check the back seat? I'm just not here for it. I kind of enjoyed the axe to the face. Ooh, hey there, Mr. Monster. So, chill or kill? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Netflix and Kill. That was good. I try sometimes. You did a good job. Well, I mean, this is not really the place for trying. I feel like we've set a bar for this show um, that is very low, and I'd just like to keep it there. Like, I kind of feel like you're the kid in class. Oh, okay. Okay, good. Bringing it back. Because for a second there, it seemed like you were the kid in class who was, who was like, doing the most. Mm. Who is usually me, by the way. But, like, we're, we don't do that here. Okay. I'm going to I'm gonna try less. This show is time. for tongue clicks, uh, long pauses, um, all that. Yeah. And we're giving it to you. Right now. Right now. But you right know now. what? Here we are. Here we are up in that feed on time, girl. Mm-hmm. For once, different. It's different. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't know how to how to react to being on time, and on schedule. I mean, being on schedule me. is not very on brand. <laughs> Drew, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I feel about it yet. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, you know, it's going to work out. Yeah. But what are we? Uh, what are well, we? What are we talking about? Well, you. Uh, it's Saturday. It is. It is Saturday for the people. Um, <laughs> for the people. <laughs> for we the people. For the people. They're doing things on Saturday. I'm probably working. Uh, I am working. Are you? So while uh, the majority of the world, or most of us, uh, or most of the world people, Good. I don't know. You're doing are, great. Um, You're doing so great. I'm are, still here um, with you. off on Saturdays and have their weekends off. I don't. So while you're relaxing and... Um, you know, I'm working, I decided to just, you know, we're going to leave you with uh, this episode and hopefully you, uh, you know, will check out uh, Netflix maybe or not. I don't really give a shit what you do. Um, <laughs> maybe you will, maybe you won't. Maybe you'll listen to this and just say, fuck it. I don't know. I mean, um, I'm off. I'm off on yeah. Saturday. So I could, I could check out Netflix. I think I'm going to watch Umbrella Academy. Yes, you need to. Yeah. You definitely need yeah. to. I've been meaning to like binge the shit out of it because I know that you watched it what last weekend or weekend before. Uh, it was like last week sometime. I literally, I binged like the first uh, all of the episodes, um, mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I think I left like the last two episodes because it was like seven thirty in the morning, and I'm like, mm, time for me to go to work. <laughs> uh, yeah, so. It's really good. I think you should watch it. But we, uh, this was my choice this week yes. on Netflix and Kill. Yeah. Um, Which is funny because I was going to choose the same movie. Oh, shit. Yeah, because I wanted to watch it. Synchronicity. 
I think that's just us being the same person, though. I don't really think we can count that as a synchronicity at this point. Is that not the same thing? We're literally just the same. No, a synchronicity is like something strange that you encounter in your life that's like uh, echoing something that happened earlier. So like if you were trying to make a decision between, I don't know, like. Simpatico. That's what we are. Yeah. Yes. Which is like more like similar. Okay. But a a synchronicity is like something that's trying. I mean, some people will say that it's like your spirit guide's trying to send you a message or whatever. Mm. But um, I think it's a cross between that and then also like the just the way the human brain works. Mm. Because if you're like if you are thinking about buying a Prius, then all you're gonna see on the fucking road is a Prius because Uh, your brain is thinking about Priuses. Yeah, my spirit guide's probably at a bar somewhere. I think probably drink him with mine. With yours. They're smoking heavily. They fucking off. They don't give a shit. Yeah. They're like, figure it the fuck out. Yeah. (laughs) Just make it up, baby. Fake it till you make it. And then they take a big swig of Jameson. (laughs) Yeah. Yours is probably drinking the Jameson. It's true. Mine's probably drinking a gin and tonic. I'm down. I mean, you know, a little bit classy. Like classy in a pimp way. You know what I mean? Like. Classy, but like with a ceiling. We're, on they're it. both definitely eating the peanuts. Yes. Yeah. Because the bartender's already refilled them twice. Because food. And like the bartender's getting testy because they ain't ordered nothing but alcohol, but they keep hitting them fucking peanuts real hard. Yeah. That's what's going on. We've veered so far off topic. I don't know. Not even a fucking four wheel drive could get us back on fucking main <laughs> road, <true>. folks. <laughs> uh, so I chose the movie Velvet Buzzsaw. So I saw the um, I saw the advertisement for it on Netflix. I actually did not watch the well. We watched the trailer, but what drew me in was the um, um, was the image, I guess, or the not cover, but yeah, the cover, the cover. like the yeah. Okay, yeah. I think we still call those cover, like Is the cover, cover art for the movie, like cover art. Yeah. Okay, I was thinking that was more of like book, um, but I mean poster. I don't know. Um, that's what really drew me in uh, at first. I was like, ooh, this looks interesting. I mean, you've got, like, the words Velvet Buzzsaw written in what appears to be blood slash spray paint. Um, and then also I saw that it had uh, Jake Gyllenhaal in it, and I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, mm. Yeah, that's why I wanted to watch it, because I had just found out that it was on Netflix, and I was like, okay, one, cool that Jake Gyllenhaal did a Netflix movie, and uh, two, for real. um, it's it's him. So it, even though he does have a fucked up haircut in this, he in this really movie, does, bitch. He, lo- he looks like a fucking idiot. <laughs> it's the worst fucking haircut. But I still, but fuck I'd him. still fuck him. <laughs> like I mean, a hundred. I, I would one hundred. We w- cut that hair after, maybe during. Maybe we're cutting it during. You know what I mean? Like we just need to shape it up a little bit on the side. Honey, I would just hold it the whole time. I'd have his head pinned down and just have the hair yeah. held. Just you know, snatch it back. <laughs> You're on top, and I'm like, and you're like, can you get the razor? <laughs> Bring me that I come, razor. I come waddling back nude. <laughs> <laughs> With the clippers. Um, yeah. I mean, back Jake, on if you're down, go ahead and email the haunted art podcast at gmail.com. Jake, chill it all. Just letting listen you know. This. <laughs> Shoot us that message. He is not. You don't know. He's on it. Netflix. He's trying to be hip. It's fine. He's probably a random patron. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, the, if, if that's the case, you motherfucker, you, you need to fucking blow that Patreon up. Like, 
Uh-uh. Yeah. We ain't even got a tier for you. We should make a tier called Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> Specifically. If you build it, he, he will, will come. come. Hopefully, all over your chest. Yes, honey. No. Okay. So what did you, what did we, so first let's, let's, let's just talk a little down, bit about what it's about. Right, a plot basic. summary. Plot summary. So uh, obviously we're in 2019. So this is 2019. Um, it's like a, um, it's described as a satirical, satirical? Satirical. Satirical. Okay. You, you second guessed yourself and fucked I it did. up. Satirical. You had it. Supernatural <laughs> horror film, uh, which instantly intrigues me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's written and directed by Dan Gilroy. Dan Gilroy. And Again, you had it. <laughs> why am I second guessing myself? I don't know. And stars Jake Gyllenhaal. Are you Jake having a low confidence day? No, never. Okay. okay. Girl, okay. never. Well, I, believe, I mean, your hair does look really good. Yeah. Today. As always. <laughs> uh, Rene Russo, Tony Collette, um, and a bunch of like other really cool people. Um, John Malkovich. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it's got some names to it. I was like, okay. Yeah. This is interesting for Netflix. Netflix stepping that pussy up. Which it has been for a while. Yeah, she is. Um, but. She had a Best Picture nomination this year. Yes, 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 yes. Roma. Um, it premiered at the, um, 2019 Sundance Film Festival, um, and was released on February the 1st, uh, by Netflix and also, uh, a limited release, had a limited release in select theaters. So it's, um, essentially about, uh, this art critic played by Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, who he attends an art exhibition, um, with one of his friends. And it's really, um, about this sort of world of like art and the culture behind it. Like, um, one of his friends discovers that her one of her neighbors is a painter who has passed away and has he has nobody to leave anything to and he had left in his will that um all of his paintings were supposed to be destroyed so she finds them and they're really good or maybe they're not maybe that's the whole part of it uh and you know she's trying to get in good with her boss at the art gallery so Essentially, uh, they start selling these paintings, and then once they start selling them, weird, creepy, horrible shit starts to happen to anyone who profits from the selling of these paintings. So, pretty unique storyline. Pretty interesting. Yeah. So, I was 100% down to watch it. Yeah. I mean, I will say... um, The synopsis certainly sounded interesting and intriguing. Uh, so I actually where's been in... the shade button? Where's the <laughs> RuPaul Drag Race shade button? The little rattlesnake. I mean, here's the thing for me. I'm gonna find that sound clip and insert it. Here's the thing for me with that movie. I I went into it with really high expectations. I I wouldn't say really high. I I went into moderate. It, yeah, moderate moderately high, right? Yeah. I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal's gonna be there, so you know, you know. You've got eye candy. You've got eye candy. And, but he also and a is a good actor. And a good actor, yeah. too. He's a good But he's also a good actor. eye candy. Right. But it seemed so interesting, and it seemed like such a um, a unique story to tell. And I was really excited, you know, both of us being kind of creative types, to <laughs> to see... Why, why laugh? 
<laughs> yeah, just creative type. They wanted them creative types. Well, no, I mean, like a movie incorporating both horror and art, kind of interesting to me. Um, and the whole idea of like the paintings being uh, malevolent. Um, or containing some sort of malevolent spirit is really interesting to me because, mm. you know, that's a little bit like picture of Dorian Gray kind yeah, of, but like with that. a twist on that, with like a much more like active twist. And so I was, I was really interested in it, um, and I had very high expectations, and and that just kind of like we started up here, and then we just kind of like they progressively. Don't know where here is at, but it's it was moderate. It was high. It was moderately <laughs> high. Started, I just explained. Her hand is moderately. My hand is. Exactly, yet moderately high, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm not trying too hard. I'm not stretching. But, like, I was here, and then, like, as we watched the film, it just kind of dropped for me. Um, Pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, I was there probably for the first 30 to 40 minutes, and I was really, like, trying to hack it. And then we got past that point, and I was just like, okay, like, I'm really... I'm really struggling. Yeah. And for me, I'm caught, for this movie, I'm caught between, I looked at kind of uh, critic reviews just to kind of see what the vibe is. Mm-hmm. I kind of like to see what other people are chit-chatting about the film, whether they agree with me, whether they don't. See what the gossip is. Yeah, I like to know what the tea is. And I'm caught between two different reviews. Um, one review, it's it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> one review says, a film, quote, a film that's every bit as shiny and hollow as those colorful balloon animals that Jeff Koons has sold for oh, millions Koons. of dollars, end quote. Mm. That was David Ehrlich of uh, IndieWire. And I totally agree with him. Uh-huh. But then Inku Kong of Slate says, quote, its ideas are silly, but Jake Gyllenhaal delivers them with such goofy passion that who cares, end quote. I mean, okay. And I'm caught. I'm caught because she's right. Like, Jake Gyllenhaal, 100% committed to it. The script could have used some workshopping. You're, but he is committed 110%. You're caught between a, a Koontz and a Jake Gyllenhaal. Like. <laughs> I am. I, I mean, I'm just very... Um, I think the script is what let us down. Because we didn't have a clear path. It's obvious that this movie is trying to make a commentary on the art industry and on commoditization and about, you know, the rich and people who follow what's in vogue and and whatever. But I think we lost that main thread where we start getting more of the gore, where it gets into more, um, I guess what I would term as traditional horror territory. As that plot develops, we, we lose the underscoring of the commentary on art buyers and art collectors and and the wealthy and then it gets into this weird like super muddled murky soup Mm. that like ultimately is just unsatisfying Mm. you know yeah i I think they lost their message and they they just couldn't find a way to tie it all together yeah so um I would agree. I think that I actually really like the description of that one review where it was kind of like a shiny, like balloon mm-hmm. animal, like mm-hmm. a coons. Um or like a, uh, um, which actually kind of reminded me of one of the art pieces mm-hmm. in the film itself, actually. 
Um, so, uh, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Um, one of the art pieces that... We need uh, to have, like, a spoiler alert, like, sound. Insert spoiler alert sound that Kenny will find tonight. <laughs> and if he doesn't, then it's just going to be that. Yeah. Because <laughs> this is Netflix and Kill. Exactly. Kick back. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Um, I thought that it that that's a perfect description. But when you get the... Um, I guess I should say one of my favorite things about it really ended up being the kills. Yes. Like, we I, did have some I, good kills. I'll I, give it that. I started caring less about, you know, the intent of the story and what Mm -hmm. it was supposed to convey Mm -hmm. and sort of flipped a switch over into, ooh, I just really want to see how these people get killed by art. Yep. I I definitely had that switch too. And we had some good kills. I just, they just weren't connected to anything, which is fine. (laughs) You had some good moments. Like you have the lady who... uh, Reaches her arm into the um, into the metal sphere, yeah. gets her arm chopped off, and then she bleeds to death. And then people uh, open up the gallery the next day, and she's laying there dead with blood all over the place. And people just think she's part of, part the, of the part of the exhibit, which I live for. Yeah. <laughs> and then they were trending on if Instagram. If I had to go, <laughs> if I had to go anyway, like I mean, I would be fine with that. If yeah. I was her, I'd be okay with that. Uh. What I'm saying is I would not come back and haunt the gallery out of spite or anger. Uh, you'd be fine. I'd be fine. Yeah. We're tra- oh, I, I helped us trend on Twitter. Moving on. Mm. <laughs> I have done my work. <laughs> ultimate job. <laughs> the ultimate job. Yes. Um, so that was great. I will, have to, I will say that one of the um, scariest moments was from the robot. Fuck that dude. Yeah, he was he was very hobo, scary. I think it was called what Hobo Man. Yeah, I think hobo it was man. called Hobo Man or Hobo something. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was this really creepy Uncanny robot. Valley for sure. It you know what it reminded me of? What? Robin Williams and Bicentennial Man. Mm. The robot version of him at first, it, mm-hmm. except but like twisted and is, would actually fucking kill you. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, and I had this in my notes somewhere, but I the way to, you speak. I had to erase Bicentennial Man from my mind because it created <laughs> such an existentialist crisis for Did me. It really? I could not, I simply could not deal with the sadness of that film. Um, it was not okay to show to me <laughs> as a fucking child. Yeah. Not, not acceptable at all and will not watch again. Now that he has passed on yeah. and left us, it's not. It, it can't happen. Moment of silence for Robin Williams. And back and, to discussing um, <laughs> a film that has nothing the fuck to do with him. Yeah. Um, no, no Robo Man was he, scary as fuck. Yeah. So the way he looked at, um, he would like look at, he would look at you and he'd said something like along the lines of like, I can save you or some bullshit yeah. like that. And I'm like, hmm. Mm-hmm. Nah, I don't think the fuck not. I'm all right. I'm, I'm good. Doing I don't okay. need saving. You know what? I'm I don't need fine. saving. Evil robot hobo Jesus. <laughs> I don't need it. I'm yeah. good. No. Been there, done that. Got the emotional scars to prove it. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't good. He wasn't a fun time. He was the scariest part for me. Um, but other than that, like the vel- the the saw kill with the lady, the robot. I mean. Here's the thing. 
one, who didn't see the saw kill coming? Both of us saw it the fuck coming. Oh, the lady, because she's got yes. the tattoo. I mean, she's got because a- they make it very obvious in the beginning where they show you that she has a velvet buzzsaw tattoo on her spine. We talk about the fact that she was in a punk rock band. There's also the fact that this lady in this movie... Which honestly is kind of random. Like, literally is me... If I was like a wealthy like, piece of shit, like literally the way that she conducts that herself is 100 percent me. Oh, you really considered her a piece of shit? I mean, she wasn't a piece of shit. She was just like very dismissive. I feel Who like was of that? people was that, in her that life. Was, uh, Renee? Was that? No. Yeah, that was Renee Russo. Yeah, that was Renee Russo. That was Renee Russo. Um, she. I loved her character. I mean, I, I, I also loved her. I just would hope to she, be like a little nicer and a better person. So ultimately, Renee Russo to everyone was the, around uh, me. Was, she was the gallery owner. So mm-hmm. she's like this HBIC. She's the one that pushed for, you know, these paintings to be sold so that mm-hmm. she could make a quick buck. She was the one that was, you know, really um, kind of orchestrating like the sale of these um paintings yeah and i mean she was a hot bitch and i'm like 100 percent there for man. it so but th- this man came up and tried to step to her in the amazing. film and he said one thing and she just she was sitting down in that chair and she got up and she just said fuck off mm-hmm. like she was gonna <laughs> fight him like it was amazing i mean i love her character um i very much identified with her character um but she probably, Jake Gyllenhaal and the way that he earnestly acted his role, um, the kill, the fact that we did have some good kills, mm-hmm. some good creative kills, um, and then her, those were probably my highlights of the film. Um, other than that, I think it's pretty directionless. I think it really struggles with trying to figure out what its message is. I, I think there are too, there's too much stuff that's packed in. Yeah. Um, there's also the fact that we have this like totally, and maybe this is just me like not being here for 2K19, but like we have this, Jake's character is very, um, like when we meet him, he's gay, right? And identifies as a gay man. Like it's not like a bisexual situation. Like he is a gay man. But then he, like, starts this, like, pseudo-relationship. Well, I guess he considers it. His character considers it a relationship with this woman. And it's, like, I'm not sure. Like, there's not any sort of exploration of, like, his thought process or, like, what he's going through or whether that's, It was just like, kind of random. It was so random. It was almost... Yeah. It was very forced... Um, it was just it was just very weird. And and yeah. I think it could have been interesting. I just think there were a lot of ideas like if like that one, like a gay man who then falls in love with a woman and like what is that about and like what is that journey and like that's an idea that needs to be plucked out of the script and like a movie needs to be written about that. I agree. It just didn't make a whole lot of sense, especially just giving and not to like stereotype or whatever and or say that, you know, like that can never happen because obviously it could. And that's like that is an interesting, compelling story, but it didn't seem authentic. Yeah. In the context of the story and everything that was going on, it just felt odd. You didn't really like the, the character that he was with. You didn't really 
like her right at all like she really wasn't a likable character no at all and it um, didn't seem like they had a real, a real connection, connection. Yeah, yeah it didn't seem very um it was sort of like we're talking as like friends oh now i'm gonna move your hand on my pussy right and, and like, like i mean girl i don't blame it, you <laughs> It's Why Jake would Gyllenhaal. you not shove Jake Gyllenhaal? Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> Put his Gyllenhaal <laughs> <laughs> hands on your Murray pussy. I mean, a hundred percent. Um, he definitely could get it, but it just seemed very um odd in the context of this movie. Yeah. Um. Which only, I mean, the only reason that it just didn't completely flop is because, like, that whole story arc, the only reason that thing didn't flop completely is because he was so, like, ridiculously committed to it. Like, yeah. that's the only reason Jake that it sold it. is, like, he sold that character for everything that it was worth. I absolutely... Which won't much, girl. It won't but much, he, he, but, but he, he made it work. He did. He definitely made it work. It's he made true. it... He was sort of, like, um... I very mean, the whole funny, movie, very comical... Yeah, the whole movie had, like, comedic relief sort of sprinkled about. Right, because it's supposed to be satirical. It's supposed to be funny. Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes we got a little more heady than funny. Yeah. But unfortunately, the headiness didn't, like, add to the story being clear. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Um, but there is a great scene with him that we actually had to watch three times. <laughs> um, where he's, like, exasperated beyond the point of, like... No return. He's like yeah. so exasperated, and because, just his reactions. And he's exasperated because of the fact that um, he, Jake's character, is sort of the main one that is researching like this artist, mm-hmm. um, and like this artist has like this really sort of like dark. I love history. how you just say Jake. Like we're on a first name basis. Jake, with him. Jake's character. You know, Jake's character that he played. <laughs> you can yeah. just ask him. Jake's he's right here now. Um, he just. You know, Jake's character, he told me, like, I, I found out about this this through text. He sent me a text message <laughs> and was just like, hey, I'm in this film. When you want to check it out? Um, in that voice. Um, anyway, so he is starting to uh, discover, like, that this artist has, like, this really sort of strange, weird backstory that we touch on, but, like, don't really get into. Mm-hmm. Um, at all. At Literally all. at all. Um, and we also don't really get into what is causing these paintings. Like it sort right. of hints at like this artist has like this dark history with like you know a fire. A Wasn't fire. he in like a fire that he? There's a chance that he could have possibly killed his father. The artist did, and apparently, I think it's supposed to leave it open to interpretation that like that negative energy that he, the artist, felt, uh, sort of worked its way into the painting. Which mm-hmm. I'm all about, but it just, none of that was ever really conveyed. Like, we don't know if this is, like, an actual spirit or or some sort of demon or if it's just negative energies. Like, it's never really touched on. Right. It just, it, it was very much left open. Another thing. But we, we were going to talk about that moment. <laughs> oh, we yeah. We sidebarred. Yeah. So, no, he was just really exasperated because, like, He's doing all of this research. No one is listening to him. They're continuing to sell the paintings anyway. He knows something's up and something's fishy. Um, but uh, he, like, has this breakdown where he goes to the girl who he had, like, 
started this relationship with and he like goes to her apartment and they had like gotten mad or whatever had an argument well because um, she had another man in her apartment well, no, no no before that because they they had had an argument before that yeah and it was literally just like an argument and then he went over there to like share some of this research and shit with her and like there's another motherfucker in there shirtless making food in the kitchen and and so he just like i don't know his reaction was like you really can't describe it. You kind of have to you, watch you it. Really, you really have to see just that part. Like, incredible. His he freak just, out is just amazing. His, it reminded me of you. It was just like, <laughs> you needed say, to come over to do some like very serious podcast work. I am like fucking around with my bullshit. Like, <laughs> on some bullshit. There's a motherfucker there naked making like coffee. Like, and you were just over. <laughs> like, it was amazing. Uh, it, it was, was me truly amazing. last night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no. yeah uh, no it was just very good i was gonna say because it was very he reacted in a very um overly dramatic uh fashion it was like very you know sort of um i feel like we've spent so much time on this like literally three seconds of the film um but it's amazing it is great uh that part was really good but another thing that we, um, you mentioned while we're mentioning things that weren't touched on, uh, John Malkovich. Yes. What the fuck? John Malkovich. You have John Malkovich just... in this movie. You already had to put his ass on the payroll, and y'all ain't gonna explain him at no. all. He's just gonna fucking be there. So he served his character. John Malkovich's character was an artist, and he sort of served as like this um, anchor in, or like his character was sort of grounded in wholesomeness like uh he really wasn't there for like the money he was just an artist here to make art and all this other stuff or whatever um and i wouldn't say wholesomeness i would just say like an authentic he he was a more authentic artist but i think he stood as like because he was definitely depressed and mad and he he was going through the work i'm not gonna say wholesome i should say he served as like the anchor for like the morality tale of right. the story. Right. Um, he was the true artist who is struggling, who is working through his process, who is like creating with um, with such painful slowness. Um, because I think uh, there's a scene, there's like one scene where we actually go to his um, studio and we see what he's working on and he's like got this one piece of art and he's trying to create something new. Um, he's trying to create something original and not rip himself off and not rip anybody else off. And, and it's like, you know, we kind of see him kind of struggling Struggling. with that. Um, whereas everybody else is just peddling shit to people and like they're content to like sell prints or whatever and just make money money off of it. But he has a very clear, like he's almost like stuck in between those two worlds because he does have his own like print manufacturing company, but he is also doing the work of being an artist. Yeah. But um, then he disappears, and then... The, um, after, literally, after that scene, after that one scene, he just fucking But then he disappears, disappears, and then you see him at the end in the credits, and he's on a beach drawing designs in the sand, which is supposed to represent, um, you know, artwork that, you know, it's not going to be... It's just there for him and his enjoyment, right. because the, the waves are going to... Um, wash, wash it away. away eventually and it's right. not going to be there which so. actually was one of my favorite parts in the movie 
is just, just watching John Malkovich him draw. just drawing yeah. circles in the just sand. Just watching him skipping around drawing circles in the sand and then watching the waves kind of come up and like take it back. Like but I that thought was... that image was very um poignant. Unfortunately, the movie didn't do a very good job of fucking setting that up. Yeah. Because by the time he pops back up drawing circles in the sand, we've forgotten about him. Yeah. Entirely. Yeah. Um, so I think overall the movie like had great elements to it, had great kills, um, it had interesting storylines, it had, you know, great actors in it, mm-hmm. um, you know, a few interesting characters. Mm-hmm. Um but then it was just sort of like they were all sort of like directionless. Yeah. Um and I just think it missed like something solid and something strong for it all to like tie around to. Yeah. Um, and I just think we were just missing it. So it was kind of hollow in a sense to me. Which yeah. I guess, you know, if that's the point of the film, then that's the point of the film. But um, I don't think, know that it was that intentional. Yeah. I will say um, the one thing that I did um, that I did read about it was that the um, director, um, he conceived this project This is after, Dan Gilroy. Yeah, Dan Gilroy. Um, after... Um, a film that he had been developing called Superman Lives um, was canceled by Warner Brothers, uh, and they weren't willing to produce it because it had a large budget. Um, and he essentially like wasted all this time on the film, about a year and a half, I believe. Mm. Um, and so he just felt that he had wasted all this time. And so that's why he created uh, uh, Velvet. I almost said Velvet. Buzzsaw. Velvet Velvet Buzzsaw. Interesting. (laughs) The sequel. Velvet Buzzsaw. That's sort of why he he um Okay, so she was bitter. Yeah, so this film was was a bitter Betty. Yep. We were were in a bitter Betty phase. Yeah, so this is that's why this film was created. Okay. Because he I guess he had such passion towards, you know, that film he was working on, Superman Lives. (laughs) Which I mean, I'm not knocking anybody. I'm surprised that didn't get made because People love right. superhero movies. And then it was just, you know, right. I guess I guess this was just sort of like a fuck you. Yeah. Um, which, hey, that gave it a point in my book. But um, yeah. I guess we're at that time that uh, we are just going to... What are we going to do with it, Katie? What are we going to do? Um, so I can chill with literally that 15-second scene of fucking... Jake Gyllenhaal having a freak out, which I need someone to put on YouTube so that I can watch that and only that. Yeah. Because I think for me, even though we had some good kills, we had some good moments, we had scary robo hobo cop man. Cop? He wasn't a cop. Hobo. I like had him. Robo cop. You were thinking a robo cop. You were thinking a robo cop. No, he is robot. He is hobo, hobo robot man. Jesus. Yeah, okay. Well, we we had some scary parts. We had like he was terrifying. We had some good kills. But I have to I have to kill this one. I can't. Yeah. I'll never watch it again. I promise you that. <laughs> so for me, um I will say this. I will tell I will ch- tell you this. I will chill with it once. And then after that, I will kill it. I will suggest. I mean, I think it's a. I think it's a good like one time watch, and I suggest people to watch it just because of you know Jake Gyllenhaal's few scenes in it that were really good, and for the kills, I will suggest you to watch it. But then I will kill it after that. Um, yeah. And 
I will tell you, uh, don't watch the trailer or listen to this podcast about it before <laughs> no, you watch it. definitely don't watch the trailer. But don't watch the trailer Definitely first. don't watch the trailer. Even if you listen to this and you're interested in watching it, just don't go watch the trailer because all of the good moments are in the trailer. Like yeah. the trailer is literally every high point of the movie. Yeah. And I wondered that when we watched the trailer because we actually watched the trailer before we watched the movie. Yeah. And I wondered if that was going to be the case because it felt like one of those trailers and it absolutely was. Yeah. So don't watch the trailer. Just go right into the movie if you're going to watch it. I kind of wish that I had the two hours back in my life that I sunk into this. But, you know, now I have the ability to talk about it here. So yes. <laughs> it's yes. fine. This is what we do for you. For but you. Yeah. Exactly. So, guys, uh, that's our Netflix and Co. episode for this week. You uh, can tune in next week for another Netflix and Kill uh, where we will review something. 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 Some we don't know something. yet. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And we've been getting some recommendations from you guys, and we love that. So uh, some of the guidelines that we follow, uh, it's got to be on Netflix because it's called Netflix and Kill. Uh, and if you can email those to us, I know some of you guys, um, will throw it up on Facebook, um, or try to communicate it to us some other way. If you send it to the email, we can kind of like archive it and like put it in a place so that nothing happens to it. If you just like make a passing comment on Facebook, that's like a recommendation. A lot of times I'll forget that shit cause I have the memory of a gnat. Yes. So... <laughs> Definitely email us at thehauntedheartpodcast at gmail.com. If there's something on Netflix that you really, really, really want to hear us review, shoot us an email and we will absolutely take a look at it for you. Um, there's a lot of good shit on Netflix, actually. So yeah. we're down to uh, to work off your recommendations. We're DTW. Down to watch. We are DTW for sure. Um, otherwise, if you want to connect with us, you can check us out on our socials. We're at The Haunted Heart. On Twitter, we're at The Haunted Heart Podcast. On Instagram and on Facebook, you can find us searching The Haunted Heart. We have a page that you can like with posts that we update and shit. And we also have a Facebook group, which is a lot of fun. Uh, and you should absolutely join it. It's a closed group, so you don't have to worry about like your Aunt Kathy seeing what a freaking hood rat you are. <laughs> what a horror hood rat you are. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if you request to join, either we or one of our Murder Mod Squad members will approve you. Yes. And then you can get to fucking hanging with your people, baby, Just get with to your fucking. tribe. <laughs> Just get to fucking. That too, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Who knows? Maybe it becomes that. Yeah. Who knows? All right, guys. So until next Saturday, you know what you've got to do. Sit back. Uh, Pop in uh, some popcorn in your microwave and sit on the couch. Uh, turn on that Netflix and chill it or kill it, whatever you want to do. But forever and always, stay spooky. Stay spooky.